What is going on, everybody? How are we doing? Happy, well, if, if you listen to this on a on a Tuesday, happy Tuesday. If you listen on a Wednesday, happy Wednesday. Uh, it's Monday for me, recording this, uh, you know, just after 2 o'clock. Uh, beautiful Monday. Took the day off, had a little golf this morning, haircut, had to get my, t- my, my tire, my car looked at again. I don't know what's going on with it. Got to change my brakes and then see what the control arm does. Whatever, whatever. Car troubles, you know, we're troubles. But uh, talk a little football, you know, a little bit shorter pot. I know they've been a little shorter around, around you know, not much to talk about. But we're going to talk a little bit about these quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and the little contracts that's kind of brewing up here. And I, I decided, look, I saw Pro Football Focus, uh, Colin, and, and somebody else did their top 10 NFL players. And I thought, shit, well, you know what? I'm going to do one too. So I'm going to do my top 10 football players. Okay, there's a difference between, you know, we'll talk more of that later. But before I talk about that, go ahead and give me a subscribe if you have. Thank you so much. If you haven't, please do. As always, if you listen on Apple iTunes, go ahead and leave me a review. And uh, let's get it. Okay, let's start with the young quarterbacks in the league, particularly the ones uh, from the same draft. You have Baker Mayfield went number one. You have Josh Allen go number seven to the Bills. And Lamar Jackson go 32 to the Ravens. Now, Sam Darnold was also in that discussion, but... Look, Sam Darnold with the Jets, we know that turned out. Look, the uh, the Panthers are just going to pick up his fifth-year option. We'll see if they get a deal done. Probably not going to hammer anything out this year at all. Why would you? And Josh Rosen was also in that draft. It's the 2018 draft. And, I mean, Josh Rosen, you know, practice squad. Was competing for the second or third, I guess the third string job in San Francisco. Josh Rosen is. I doubt he gets it. He probably gets cut, but, you know, whatever. But the last week or so, and it is all of their fifth-year options that got picked up over the offseason. All of the, they're, they're all three of them are coming into their fourth year. So their fifth-year option gets picked up. So they all got a nice like, 23 and some change million dollars. Okay, that's pretty good for your fifth-year option. I mean, because you played three years, really, of no money. You got some money up guaranteed. Baker, Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick, got like 15 million guaranteed. But Lamar, the, the 32nd overall pick in the first round, is pretty much getting paid as a second-rounder. So you're getting nowhere near that. He, I think Lamar maybe got three or four guaranteed million just right up front. And then he had to play for his deal, which is not much. It, that's also three or four. I think the second year is actually like the little higher. It's like six and a half. So Lamar's not making big money. Now these guys are really making big money. We're, t- we're talking about four to seven million dollars a year. It's not huge. That's, that's why you want to get a rookie quarterback on a cheap deal to have a rookie contract to get tons of talent around him. But it's time for their contract to come up. And this week... Heard a lot of Lamar Jackson working on a deal, getting close to an extension. Baker Mayfield and the Browns talking about extension. Now, we haven't heard anything about the Bills and Josh Allen. I'm sure we will. But the last couple of days, the Ravens and the Browns both kind of pulled it back. There was an article this morning in The Athletic about how the Browns, they, they're really uncertain. Talks have been made, but they're uncertain about when anything's going to get done. So no real talks have been, have been made. Same with... The, the Ravens, the, uh, John Harbaugh came out and said, you know, we have we have other things to do, other important things on our plate, and Lamar is one of them. So to me, that's kind of saying what I've been saying, and I think what a lot of people have been saying, let it settle. Just let it wait one more year. No need to pay these guys right now. Let them settle. Let it stir. Let's see how we do now. The kettle's hot. Is it going to boil and overflow, or is it going to steam and have a nice cup of tea? I don't know. 
I, I mean, I'm looking at both these guys. One can't win in the playoffs. The other one just made it to the playoffs. Looked terrible his second year. I, I don't. The only rush, the only good thing about paying them right now is you're going to get them cheaper than you will in a year. And I get that. I understand that 100%. It's a discount. Technically, it's a discount because the market goes up every single year. And if Josh Allen gets paid, right, before either one of these guys gets paid, well, then what do you think these two guys are going to do? Well, I want more. Because the report is Lamar Jackson is asking for $40 million a year. $40 million a year for Lamar Jackson. I love Lamar Jackson. He is so significantly better than I thought he could ever be in the NFL. Truly, truly and honestly, I did not call him as a as a quarterback. I did not think he'd be this good. I thought he'd be able to come in and make plays and have some splashes. You know, do you remember Josh Johnson back in the day? Played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What he went to go? He went to Florida State, right? I I saw a mix between Cam Newton and Josh Johnson if he can work on his arm. Now, you say, oh, he's a mix between Cam Newton. Well, he's an MVP, but Josh Johnson was a complete flop in the league. So right now, to me, Lamar is somewhere in between both because Lamar has won an MVP, but he can't make the big throws. He's make he's made them a couple times. He The poop game, when he had to go take a shit or whatever was wrong with him, having cramps, and he came back in and was the hero, made that amazing, rolling to his right, cross his body throw to uh, to – to Hollywood Brown, winning for the end zone against the Browns, touchdown, game over. That was Thursday Night Football, the poop game. He came back, Superman. He could do that, but he can't win in the playoffs. He won. He, he got a win last year, but then he, they just get pulverized whenever they lose. There was a better game last year. They beat the Titans, and he got he got that win under his belt because they got demolished a year before. But uh, what if you pay these guys $40 million a year, and, and they just can't get it done? Baker Mayfield, I know, is in the park around $36 million. Baker's going to be looking, and his agent's going to be looking for somewhere around $36 million. That's too much for me. But Dak got that. Dak got more than that. Dak's the highest-paid quarterback yearly now. You know, he well, he had less money up front. But what's the, what's the point of rushing to pay these guys? And I think the Browns and the Ravens right now, I think they're kind of pulling back. I think they're going to kind of wait to see if their guy can get them over the hump, right? Because we all think the Browns and the Ravens should be good this year, right? They both should compete for their division title, which they're in the same division. They got to be looking at it like, okay, Cincinnati still looks really young. They got a second-year quarterback, a third-year coach that we don't know of any good. How's their defense? Licking their chops. That those could be two wins for each team. They could be t- both those. The Ravens and the Browns can easily sweep Cincinnati. I don't think they will, but they could. And then you're looking over at the Steelers. Are they hobbling or are they playing good ball? I don't know. So is this division up for the taking just between these two? But what if what if Baker Mayfield doesn't have a great season and he looks pretty bad and he just kind of regresses? And because of that, they can't get back on track. Their defense slips up. They have a couple injuries. What if, what if they go 8-9? and nine? What if the Browns, even 9-8? and eight. Let's say, what if they go 9-8 and eight and Baker throws for 3,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, but 15 interceptions, has something like four or five uh, fumbles? That's not good, folks. That's not worth $36 million. 3,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. You know where I got those numbers? That's his average. Right now, it's Baker Mayfield's average. And I understand his rookie year was only half. His second year was absolutely terrible when he only threw 25 touchdowns. Last year was a lot better. But 20, 3,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions. I'm not paying $36 million a year for that. That is not worth it. Now, his performance last year, especially the, at the end of the year, you know, those last eight, nine games, I would say eight and a half games, really, really good. And that completely changes it. His interception to uh, touchdown interception ratio. I think was almost three to one. Very good. 
his yards his yards per attempt went up. Guess who wasn't on the field? Odell Beckham Jr. There's a connection right there. So but what if that happens at $36 million? Absolutely not. Wait a year because then you can play his fifth year. You still have him for one more year. You don't have to pay him anything. You already paid him this year. That's the great thing about the fifth year option. You pay the guy actually in their fourth year. So it's pretty much like they're paying on your salary cap for free that fifth year if you have no negotiation. Or guess what? You can cut him. And it doesn't hurt your cap at all. Now, I'm not saying the Browns are going to cut Baker. They're going to give him a deal. But they're not. They're going to go back to him at the end of the year this year. Like, bro, you had 3,200 yards through 25 touchdowns, 50 interceptions. We won nine games. We, 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 we barely made the playoffs. Or what if we didn't make the playoffs? You think that's worth $36 million? Let's look at Lamar Jackson. Let's say Lamar Jackson and the Ravens win 12 games because that's what I expect them to do. Because we, it's been proven, unlike Baker, Lamar and that team could consistently win in the regular season and will have a, 12, a 10 to 13 win season. That's what it's going to happen. But what happens if they win 12 games, they make the playoffs, three or four seed, you know, and then they lose in the first round. They lose in the first round. Lamar has a, just doesn't look good. Just has a bad game. Can't make the throws. Can't, can't, they, they, just, they just keep losing in the first round. They can't get over the hump. I mean, I don't pay the guy. You do not pay. If a guy cannot get you over the hump, you can't pay him like he can. Because then you're just paying for the same thing. You can't get up there. You need to upgrade. I don't know how or what, but you got to hit an upgrade button. Whether it's more money, whether it's a new coach, I don't know how. But if you hit a, if you hit a wall, if you, can't, if you hit a little hump that your fat ass can't get over, you got to roll over off the couch. Well, then you got to, I mean, you can't pay someone like you can. I just think the Browns and the Raven. Now, this was going to be a different, I was going to come at them a little differently because everything that I was hearing was that they were talking, 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 and things might get done, especially from Lamar and the Ravens. But I think John kind of pulled it back. And I think maybe some of this was some media hype and the media likes to do this, especially right now when there's really not much to talk about. But I think, all, I don't think either, either any of three, either of the three, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield will get paid before this before week one of the season. I don't I don't think so. Now I can see one of them, if not two of them, getting paid halfway through the season. That is a really good thing to do because guess what? It's also a discount, right? But that you also kind of play a different role, right? I mean, let's say Josh Allen's just lighting it up. He's having an MVP caliber again. The Bills are undefeated. You're 8-0. He's leading the league in touchdown passes and yards. Well, you have to sign him right then and there. Because if you don't, and you go to another AFC Championship game, let's say you win it this time, well, he's going to be he's gonna be very much more expensive at the offseason than he was at week 8. That's when you pay a guy. That's when you get your discount. And guess what? That's a discount that you know is it's proven. You just saw him do it now for a year and a half. You're 8-0. This guy's clearly on the right track. What you have around you is going to work. You just need to make sure this guy's here long-term, invested in you, invested in your company, invested in the players, invested in the coaches. That's when you play a guy. Same with Lamar and Baker. Fuck, if let's say both of those are undefeated come week 8, week 9, or even a couple losses here and there. It looks like, okay, they're on the right track. Now, I'm not saying, let's say the Browns or even the Ravens, Let's say they're both like, you know, six and two, but it just, Lamar's not really performing well in their defense and they're, he's kind of giving them over the hump. Baker's not doing it. Nick Chubb's winning a lot of these games. He's leading the league in rushing yards. Well, then you don't pay the guy because at the end of the day, if someone else gets paid, well, you might get an extra discount in the offseason if they don't do good. 
because at the end of the day, these 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 contracts are, are they're looked at by your numbers, what you did, your value of that season compared to what this person did that has the exact same numbers and value. So then you go off that pay scale. Well, this is how much this guy's making, right? He's making, you know, $32 million a year. Well, I put up the exact same thing as him, won the same amount of games. That's how they kind of get the structure of what they want to make out. They don't just throw random numbers out. You know, it's got to come in a confined thing, that, and that, but that's why every year it goes up because everybody wants a little bit more and then a little bit more and a little bit more. Just wait and pay these guys. Wait and see what happens. If they're, if they're great, fantastic, give them long-term deals. They're all going to get paid anyway, but they all should not be $40 million guys. And I think one of the three is going to kind of fall off, has a chance to fall off this year and get a lower, kind of a, like a Kirk Cousins deal, like a $70 million up front. But you're going to be on our team for five years. We're going to give you $135 million, but 70 of it's going to be right now. And then we're going to spread the other bit around for the next four years. That's that's a Kirk Cousins deal, which isn't bad. You telling me you're going to give me seventy million dollars right here, right now, no ifs, ands, or buts in the next nine to twelve months? I'm I'm going to have that, all that seventy million. Yeah, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to be okay. I'm, I'm financially supported, but you're only getting paid. I don't know what, ten million dollars a year for the next couple years, you know. So you're not getting paid yearly well. So it's better for the team. It might be better for you as well. I don't know. But let's just wait. I think you're going to wait and pay these guys. I don't think anybody gets paid until at least maybe halfway through the season towards next offseason. Okay, so before we get into my uh, top 10 here, I wanted to talk about just a little bit about the Brady comments just because everyone's talking about it. I don't really think it's news or whatever, but when he was on the shop, Brady was saying, you know, he's on the shop with the HBO thing with uh, LeBron and Draymond and, you know, all those guys. He was talking about his free agent period. And, you know, other came, he's like, you know, one team said, you know, they're not interested. And he said, you know, you're sticking with this motherfucker. You know, and it was funny and everyone laughed and it's Tom Brady. He could say things like that. And he's very, he's very, Tom Brady's very aware of his image at all times. So we were never going to know the exact team. He was saying in a funny context, honestly, it was probably a team he was never even going to go to. He's just trying to be Tom Brady right now. Trying to be 43, live up his seventh Super Bowl and I have life. Like, I get it. Honestly, he's probably true, though, because I bet after some of these teams said, you know, we're going to go a different direction, they were, he was probably like, really? you're gonna, Mitchell Trubisky, you're going to stick with Mitchell Trubisky? You know, really, Derek Carr? I feel like I'm better than Derek Carr, even though I don't think Tom Brady ever wanted to go to Las Vegas. I, I know that was a huge thing, but personally, I don't think that was ever going to happen. But I think it's Chicago. I do think it's Chicago. I think he's talking about Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago, because Chicago, from what came out after he signed with Tampa Bay, Chicago was a very very interested in Tom and Tom was very interested in Chicago. A reporter Tom Tom has a summer home in Chicago. Giselle does so much work in Chicago. They love it. He 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 always talks about how much he loves the city of Chicago. And Tom Brady would fit Chicago. He just would. I mean, everybody I I I understand when you look at Tom Brady, he's a pretty boy, you think he has it all, but he also has this rugged side that we can't really explain, which is why as men we hate him because we're like, God, that guy is so handsome, but at the same time, he can fucking go cut down a tree right now. It's insane. I, I get it, you know? It's masculinity thing, you know, we all have it. But I think it's Chicago. I think he's talking about Mitchell Trubisky because a lot of people thought it was Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers. But if you recall, they just came off of a Super Bowl run where they lost to the Chiefs, the 49ers did. Tom was trying to go there. He was talking to him. He really wanted to go there. That's where he's from. They decided to go with the guy who just gave him to the Super Bowl. And at the time, it was the right decision. And I and I said at the time, I think that's the right decision. 
Look, I know it's Tom Brady, but I think it's the right decision with Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, it turned out to be the wrong decision, but I don't think G- I don't think Tom would come out and say those things about his teammate, ex-teammate, a guy that he likes, he's called his friend before, and Kyle. And I don't think in the context that he's talking about, he would say, you're sticking with this motherfucker after a guy just got him to a Super Bowl. That's that's not really something you say. You, that, that holds no water in the context where he's talking about if it's the Niners. That, does, that just doesn't make any sense if you're Tom. So if you're talking about the Chicago Bears, you're sticking with this motherfucker who literally couldn't get you into the playoffs. This guy who's throwing, you know, pick after pick, you're going to go with him? Oh, and in other context, they can also be saying is, I don't know if you know this, but they signed Nick Foles right after Tom Brady. They signed with Tampa Bay right after they told him no. The Chicago Bears signed Nick, uh, uh, traded for Nick Foles. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe Nagy was like, you know what? We're going to stick with Trubisky. We're going to bring Nick Foles in. Maybe Nick Foles is the motherfucker. I don't know. I'm doing conspiracy Tom Brady here. I don't know. He doesn't shake the guy hand. I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. I think it's funny. People get all worked up about this. Tom Brady said this, sticking with his motherfucker on the shop. He clearly made the right decision. He just won his seventh Super Bowl. He's going to he's gonna go to the playoffs again next year. More than likely another NFC Championship game. I don't know. He might win another Super Bowl. He might not. At this point, he's probably going to play till his 50s, maybe his 60s. You know, he can do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Okay, let's get into my top 10. Uh, we're going to get into my top 10 and... Sorry, I'm sorry. No, my top 10 football players okay football players there's a difference okay between a football player and and, and a certain position football players are positionless they just are now you have to play a certain position to play foot to be a football player i get that and it might not make sense to some of you i don't know if i can make it more sense than how i'm saying it but there is a difference you know, there's a difference between somebody who can go out there on the field at any time and just look like they know every aspect of the game and in and, and just so many different forms. Just it looks like they love it all the time. That's a football player. So there are NFL players and then there are football players. The NFL players are usually your Odell Beckham Juniors and your football players are not Odell Beckham Jr. Even though Odell's a really good player. I like Odell Beckham. I don't I don't want it to seem like I'm trying to talk shit about Odell Beckham. So let's jump in to the top 10. Okay, we'll, we'll go number 10. This is an easy one. Bobby Wagner, Seattle Seahawks, middle linebacker. And my justification for it, simply, just go, just, just go watch one game. Just watch one Seattle Seahawks game from start to finish. Watch every time Bobby's on the field. Because I guarantee you, He's going to be in every camera angle that that defense is going to show. He is all over the field at all times. That guy, you hear him. I, I can hear Bobby Wagner calling out his adjustments, calling out what, what the quarterback and the running back is going to do, the offense. You can hear it through my TV. Bobby Wagner is an absolute animal. There's a reason why he's a Super Bowl MVP. The guy is an unstoppable machine. And for somebody who is just classified as a cover linebacker, he had uh, he was second in the league with most hits on a quarterback from any non-lineman position. So that means from linebacker, safety, corners. He had eight. The dude just he blitzes. He blitzes a lot. They blitz in Seattle, and he's the main reason of it. And the other thing about Bobby Wagner is as as the Seattle Seahawks, the Legion of Boom has deteriorated around him. Richard Sherman gone. Uh, 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 
Earl Thomas, gone. You know, Cam Chancellor, gone. All your good linemen up front, gone. Bobby Wagner's still there, doing it with rookies and other veterans that they're just trading for. And he's still kicking everyone's ass every single game. Every time the Cardinals play the Seahawks, I go, where's, where's, where's Bobby? Okay, Kyler, stay the fuck away from him because he will light you up. Love Bobby Wagner, number 10. All right, number nine, uh, also pretty easy one, I think. I mean, T.J. Watt, the edge rusher for the Pittsburgh Steelers. T.J. freaking Watt, another amazing Watt because we saw J.J., now we see T.J. Did you know since T.J. Watt has entered the league in 2017, that there's only two guys that have more than TJ's 59 and a half sacks. That would be Aaron Donald and Chandler Jones. I don't know. The best outside pass rusher other than TJ Watt. Actually, I'd, oh, I'm going to say TJ Watt's better than him now. And the most dominant defensive force since Reggie White. That's pretty fucking impressive. Since 2017. Since TJ Watt now has three straight seasons with 13 or more sacks. You know, that's that's you're getting into Hall of Fame territory numbers when you keep co- constantly putting up numbers like that. All right, he all he's also and we we think TJ Watt. Oh, he's just a pass rusher. He's just a pass rusher. All he does is get around the end. No, he doesn't. No, he does not. Dude, dude, dude assisted on 41 tackles, 41, and had I think he had another 38 solo, four interceptions in his career, and since 2017 has has caused. More force fumbles that only other the one the only one that has more is Khalil Mack. So he's caused Khalil Mack's caused the only one that's caused more fumbles than TJ Watt since 2017 entered the league. That's what I was trying to say. Got a little jumbled up. TJ Watt's a player. He is a player. He is a old school meets new school pass rusher. Because he he rips and powers you like you're playing in the 1970s, but he'll put a spin move on you like Robert Mathis, baby. TJ Watt's an animal. Number nine. Number eight, Devontae Adams, first wide receiver. This guy, I, I just, I, the guy's a stud. He's a baller. I, whenever I look at Devontae, I think he's the most versatile wide receiver in the game, and he's the second best, best route runner. Kid's just a straight baller, someone you want on your team. He's someone you want in the trenches with you. One drop last season, one. He caught 78.8% of his passes one drop. That means all the the other percentage, what is it? The other 22% less than that. Those were all Aaron throws by Aaron Rodgers or they were all balls batted away. He caught 70 or missed throws. So 78% of the bars targeted to him he caught. That's Larry Fitzgerald numbers ladies and gentlemen. Only Larry Fitzgerald and Jerry Rice have ever put up numbers like that in a single season. One drop and almost catching 80% of the passes thrown your way. That's, that's, I mean, that's Larry numbers. When I look at Devontae Adams, I see Larry Fitzgerald. I, th- I think he's a more versatile Larry Fitzgerald because the guy has everything in his bag. Deep, short, uh, intermediate, block. He, 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 can, he can do screens. Larry can do everything, right? Devontae Adams can do everything. I see Larry Fitz. I see Larry Fitzgerald when I think Devonte Adams, and I think Devonte Adams is on his way to have a Larry Fitzgerald type career, number eight football player in the league. Number seven edges him out, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, back to back wideouts. Bet you didn't expect that from me because I'm a wideout hater. Back to back wideouts here, DeAndre Hopkins. He's the best route runner in the league. He's the best route runner in the league. He edges out uh, Adams just narrowly, but he edges him out. It's honestly, and I don't think there's much to say here about the nuke. He's D-Hop. 
He's the best in the game. Period. Number six. Number six, a good one. Number six, a great one. That's our boy, Aaron Rodgers. And yes, I know. The MVP is outside the top five. It is okay, Packers fans. Everything will be fine. The world is not coming to an end. Look, we're talking about we're talking about top 10 football players. Okay, not best quarterbacks, not most handsome, and certainly not who listens to the most Taylor Swift. Because all those, you know, Aaron would probably have two of the three out of those, right? Aaron's a great quarterback, and that's why he's number six. And Aaron's a great football player, which is why he's number six, because this is a football player list. The dude's great. That's, that's a perfect number for him. That's right where he belongs. Aaron Rodgers, number six. All right, number five, Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks quarterback. He's this era, Steve Young. I've said it multiple multiple times over multiple years now that he is this era, Steve Young. Uh, he, he's he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. And when I watch Russell Wilson play, I, I don't only see just one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but one of the best players in the league. And, and it's just absolutely incredible to watch this guy play. It had to be what watching Warren Moon was like or watching Steve Young was like, you know, watching Fran Tarkenton, watching some of these, you know, Joe Namath. That's what that's what I feel like if I lived in that era watching those quarterbacks, that's how I would feel the same way I feel when I watch Russell Russell and that's how I would feel about them. So he's in a different category for me because he transcends a lot of the things that just football players do and how you play the game. Russell Wilson, number five. Number four, wouldn't be a list. I don't think I'd ever put out a list if there wasn't, an, especially a top 10 list, if an offensive lineman wasn't in it, baby, because the O-line will forever be on a list that's top 10 football players in the NFL. Come on, Quentin Nelson, number four. Easy. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Best offensive lineman in the league. It's not even close. According to PFF, which I like PFF, Pro Football Focus, now sometimes they do a little, you know, they're a little iffy. You know, you can't trust everything, can't trust all the numbers, sometimes above the eyes. But according to them, Nelson has been the most valuable offensive lineman in the NFL last season and the season prior to. So the last two seasons, Quentin Nelson has been the most valuable offensive lineman. Quentin Nelson plays left guard for the Indianapolis Colts. Left guard is the most, is sorry, is the least valuable position on not only the offensive line, but honestly, it's up there for the entire offense. It is not a value position, not even close to what tackle or center gives you. You know, I think a lot of people go, oh, the center just snaps the ball. Uh, center does more than that. It, it's it's 100, the guard is 100%, the, and especially left guard is... I mean, I don't know, maybe right guard is your run guard. So you want to have better run guard on, on your right side. You look for a stronger right guard. So your left guard usually is the most like least valuable player. And he's the most valuable lineman in the league at the, at the least valuable position. Is the most valuable lineman in the league. Let that sink in. That is how good Quinn Nelson is. The highest guard ever taken in the draft at number four. Just absolutely insane. No doubt about it. One of the best players in this league. One of the best football players in this league. One of my favorite offensive linemen ever to watch. Love this guy. 
Love him. Quinn Nelson, number four. All right, three left. Getting down to the nitty-gritty here. So it looks like, I mean, I mean, think about it. If you do the you know process of elimination, I got to have Tom on here somewhere, right? But he's not here. He's not number three. Patrick Mahomes is going to be number three. Best quarterback in the league. That's my opinion. There's no doubt about it. He is the best quarterback in the league. And he might be the best pure talented quarterback we've ever seen. Ever. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. The dude, is, and he's, he's a winner. And as long as he's healthy, he will continue to dominate. He just is. He's just going to, he's just one of those quarterbacks that's going to have a lot of wins. He's going to have a lot of numbers. He's going to have a lot of touchdowns. He's going to have a lot of playoff bursts. I imagine he's going to have a lot of AFC Championship games. Will he have a lot of Super Bowls, though? That's remained to be seen. So out of everything that I just said, when you think about quarterbacks, what I just talked about, Patrick Mahomes, what's the one quarterback that comes to uh, your head? I know who comes to my head immediately, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, a lot of wins, man. I remember growing up, I remember the early, mid-2000s, it was a lock. The Colts won 13 games every year. A lock. Manning wasn't losing less than 13. Are you kidding me? Oh, hell no. And then he's going to go to the playoffs, and he's either going to lose in the first, or the second round because he'll have the bye, or he's going to lose in the AFC Championship game. There, that's, that's what it was for the longest time until he finally made the Super Bowl, and then he broke through and he won because he played in an awful Chicago Bears team that had a great defense. Brian Urlacher led them there. Rex fucking Grossman as their quarterback. Jesus what a blunder that guy was. But Mahomes, fantastic. And if Mahomes has a Peyton Manning career, I mean, how can you how can you how can you how can you stock at that? How can you lift your nose up at a Peyton Manning career? You can't. Because it's fantastic. Two Super Bowls, went to three. I mean, come on. Well, tech, he went to four. Shit. Because he went two as a Colt, one one lost one. Two as a Bronco, one one lost one. Lost lost one to Russell Wilson. There you go. Number three, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, the GOAT, Tom Brady. I mean, come on. The ultimate football player in every sense of the word. Even at the age of 43, Tom is still just dominating. I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Tom, I, I, there was the thing in the offseason about how they wanted to boycott the, the OTAs and all that stuff. Players didn't want to go. And Tom was one of the guys leading the charge, right? Tom and Aaron. But what's the difference between Tom and Aaron leading that charge? Aaron doesn't want to. Aaron doesn't want to practice. He's doing it because he doesn't want to go to practice. Tom's doing it because he doesn't want anybody else to go to practice except for him. That's why they've been working out at a high school in Tampa Bay every single day. Look at their Instagram. Just follow all of them on social media. The whiteouts. Tom's there with Evans, with Gronk. He's with everyone. They're all there. They're working out. It was a ploy. Because he wants all of you to not be ready to play so he can be dominant and kick your ass on the field. Because Tom Brady's going to step on a field and he's going to be ready to kick your ass every single time. And at 43, he's still leading the pack. Well, almost leading the pack because he's number two. Because number one is the most dominant force in the NFL by far. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. One of the most dominant, I mean, pure dominant players I have ever seen. Aaron Donald. Just, uh, there's not much to say. Since, I mean, since Aaron Donald's been in the league, he leads the league in sacks. He leads the league in pressures. He leads the league in quarterback hits. He leads the league in most plays being double teamed. He also is second in the league in total tackles. He leads the league in total tackles for an off, for a defensive lineman. And is second for total tackles since he's been in the league. By all positions. 
the guy, it, 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 he truly is an unstoppable force. And maybe other than Reggie White, Aaron Donald might be the best defensive lineman of all time. Maybe defensive player. I don't know. I, it's it's pretty clear now that this guy was going to go in the Hall of Fame three years ago, and he still has four four years of great prime left, four years of absolutely dominating. Uh, Aaron Donald is just amazing to watch. It just sucks he plays on the Rams because I have to face him twice a year, and Kyler Murray just gets just eaten by that guy. Love Aaron Donald. Number one, best 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 player in the NFL, Aaron Donald. Best football player, best NFL player, best any position. I don't care. You put Aaron Donald at quarterback, he'll be he'll be Hall of Famer. Aaron Donald's the best. All right, so there it is. There it is. There's my top 10 football players in the NFL. Bobby Wagner, TJ Watt, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Quentin Nelson, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Aaron Donald rounds it out. I think it's a pretty solid list. I think it's pretty solid. I think Quentin Nelson's right where he belongs in number four. Anybody that says otherwise, I don't know if we can have a conversation, at least not with not, not with any alcohol involved. They'd have to be completely sober. Aaron Rodgers at six, wouldn't put him any lower. Might put him higher. You know who barely missed the cut on this? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey was right on the cusp. Uh, George Kittle, because I, 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 I did a top 15 because I wanted to weed out, you know, who would I really do? So I didn't want to just do a top 10. I did a top 15 and weeded out my 10 from there. Uh, George was there. Travis Kelsey was on there. Just absolute, I, I think, I mean, I think Travis Kelsey at the end of the day is going to be the greatest tight end to ever play. At least the greatest passing, pass-catching tight end uh, uh, with Tony Gonzalez. Because Tony Gonzalez is the greatest pass-catching tight end of all time. Tra- Travis Kelsey's probably going to pass him. I know he's going to probably have all the records. But the, the thing about Travis Kelsey is tight ends usually hit a certain age and they fall apart. We've seen that. History has shown us that. Shannon Sharp, uh, uh, T- Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, Rob Gronkowski. They hit a certain age and tight ends just because of the wear and tear on their body. Tight ends take wear and tear like linemen do, but tight ends also have to run the field. Linemen don't. So tight ends are taking these wear and tear from these linebackers, these safeties, these defensive ends, these tackles, wear and tear on your body. So a lot of times, you know, tight ends hit a certain age, hit that 30, 31, 32 mark, which Travis Kelsey is now, they start to fall off. Thing about Travis Kelsey is the dude takes so such great care of his body, absolutely phenomenal care of his body. He wants to be great. He strives to be great. Him and Patrick Mahomes, I think they they did like this special diet workout thing or whatever. They did it together last year. I, I just think both of them are going to be. I, I I don't think Travis Kelsey retires anytime soon, and I think he's going to start taking pay cuts. I think he's going to be there for a while. I think he, I think he's going to play longer than Jason Witten, and I think he's going to play at a higher level than Jason Witten. So Travis barely missed the cut on this. Uh, Devontae Adams deserves to be in this list. I don't care what anybody says. That's like, Devontae Adams is a torpedo, man. I told you, he's Larry, he's Larry Fitzgerald. Devontae Adams is Larry Fitzgerald. That, I think, is the best comp for, 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 uh, for Adams. Uh, who else we got? Who else can we talk about? I mean, you can't, can't argue Aaron. You can't argue Mahomes. Can't argue Tom. He's the GOAT, baby. That's why he's number, he's number two, baby. Bobby Wagner, TJ Watt. Not much to say about these guys. I mean, come on. These are just fantastic. Just fantastic defensive players. Two, two of the reasons why I love watching football, these two guys, Wagner and Watt. All right, I think it's going to do it for today. Uh, short one, but uh, I talked a lot, I guess. We're already at like 35 minutes, so great. I love it. I, I don't know if you're going to listen to this in your car. Maybe your morning when you're getting ready. 
Maybe you're just throwing me on because you got nothing else to listen to and you're like, fuck it, let me just throw this guy on. I don't know, but I appreciate you listening. I will talk to you guys all at the end of the week. Please have a good one. Uh, go Suns tonight, baby. We're going to close it out. Close it out in five. We're going to go to the NBA Finals. I love it. Uh, my bets are going to hit. I'm feeling good about today. I shot an 86 on the course. Never played Silverado before. Horrible front. Unbelievable back. Saved my ass. Nice 86. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. Might drop some extra money tonight. Uh, but if you gamble, gamble responsibly, ladies and gentlemen. Please have a great rest of your week. Thank you. Love you guys. See ya. What is going on, everybody? How are we doing? Happy, well, if, if you're listening to this on a on a Tuesday, happy Tuesday. If you listen on a Wednesday, happy Wednesday. Uh, it's Monday for me, recording this, uh, you know, just after 2 o'clock. Uh, beautiful Monday. Took the day off, had a little golf this morning, haircut, had to get my, t- my, my tire, my car looked at again. I don't know what's going on with it. Got to change my brakes and then see what the control arm does. Whatever, whatever. Car troubles, you know, we're troubles. But uh, talk a little football, you know, a little bit shorter pod. I know they've been a little shorter around, around you know, not much to talk about. But we're going to talk a little bit about these quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and the little contracts that's kind of brewing up here. And I, I decided, look, I saw Pro Football Focus, uh, Colin, and, and somebody else did their top 10 NFL players. And I thought, shit, well, you know what? I'm going to do one too. So I'm going to do my top 10 football players. Okay, there's a difference between, you know, we'll talk more of that later. But before I talk about that, go ahead and give me a subscribe if you have. Thank you so much. If you haven't, please do. As always, if you listen on Apple iTunes, go ahead and leave me a review. And uh, let's get it.